Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot com. We're all looking for ways to save, especially on medical bills. But where do you start? Unless you're a medical billing expert, finding savings can seem impossible. HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance and flags errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Saving starts with knowing where to look. Visit HealthLock.com today before you see another healthcare provider. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hi, this is Malayan Verveer. And this is Kim Azzarelli. We are co-authors of the book, Fast Forward, How Women Can Achieve Power and Purpose. And you're listening to Seneca Women, Conversations on Power and Purpose, brought to you by the Seneca Women Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. During this difficult time, we want to bring you special episodes featuring conversations with women and men who are using their power for purpose. We'll bring you leaders and experts from the front lines of the coronavirus who will share tips, tactics, and inspiration on how to manage in this very difficult and frankly uncertain time. Our first guest is Dr. Vanessa Raba, an infectious disease specialist from NYU Langone Health in New York City. Dr. Raba, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. So first for our listeners, what do we know at this point about coronavirus in the U.S. in particular? How fast is it actually growing? really good question. And certainly we're diagnosing more cases as testing becomes more available, but we still aren't testing most people and we don't know how many cases are actually out there and even how many people have already had this and already gone through what might be a very mild illness. So we don't truly know the number of people in the United States that have been infected right now. And we probably won't know until this is all over because while that information is very important, right now testing means having people come out of their home, and we don't want people who are having symptoms, who are potentially infectious, whether with um, COVID-19 or with flu or other viruses that cause the cold, we want them to stay at home regardless. And that risk of spreading to other people right now isn't worth the benefit of having that extra testing information. So you said something interesting in there that people might have it and have just very mild symptoms and not even know. What are the super mild symptoms people might be having? So mild symptoms might just include a little bit of a cough, a little bit feeling more tired than usual, um, mild fevers, but nothing too high, and sometimes a mild headache. 
Okay, got it, got it. And 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 is there anything that you can do to understand if it's just a mild symptoms of COVID or if it's just a regular run-of-the-mill cold? So overall, we're seeing colds usually having more symptoms like a runny nose and sore throat than we are with COVID. But there are some cases in COVID, there are a small percentage of them where they do have those symptoms. So it's not possible based on symptoms alone to fully differentiate whether you have COVID-19 or whether you have another infection like a cold or a flu. Well, that leads me to my next question, which is a lot of states are telling uh, folks to practice social distancing and in some cases quarantine. Uh, Why does this work and, and who needs to be doing this? So the reason that we're saying that is because the way this virus seems to be transmitted. So we know that it's spread by kind of large droplets in the air. And these are droplets that we make when we speak, when we cough, when we sneeze. And they don't stay in the air very long. They fall to the ground pretty quickly. But these can travel up to six feet, which is where that, if you're hearing six feet as kind of a social distancing measure, that's where that comes from. But because all those particles then go and land on whatever surface is there, If you touch that surface while the virus is still there and get it on your hands, you can potentially infect yourself if you touch your nose, your mouth, or your eyes, which is why a lot of people are saying try to avoid touching your face if possible. And so that social distancing that we're doing is trying to get that little bit more spread in between people so that we don't have as much transmission in those respiratory droplets because they can't travel very far. And also the quarantine or the idea of kind of socially distancing of not only physically, but just decreasing the amount of contact with people you have. And this means different things for different people. For some people, kind of this quarantine isolation means staying at home and not having contact with anyone, especially for people who might be at high risk if they get COVID-19 of getting severe disease. So people who are elderly or people who have underlying medical conditions. But that might also be just cutting back on the number of people that you are seeing. So the other thing that's important to keep in mind is we are doing all of this to try to protect our physical health, but we also need to make sure that we're taking care of our mental health and our emotional health throughout this whole process. And humans need other human interaction. And although we do have some great things now with electronics of ways that you can be physically separated and still connected, We need to make sure that as we are doing this isolation, that we are not causing ourselves to be mentally and emotionally isolated from everybody else. That's such an important point that I think people are starting to maybe feel, actually. Um, We also hear now people are, are being asked to shelter in place. What do you think about that? So I think right now, as I mentioned, we don't know the total number of people out there who have this. And most people who get this infection are going to have mild symptoms. So 80% of people who get it have mild to moderate symptoms. That will be kind of similar to what you feel when you have a cold or a flu, but you're able to stay at home and just take medications to help manage those symptoms. But 20% or so can get more sick from this and can be sick enough that they either need to be in the hospital or can sometimes need intensive care. And those are people who don't have as much medical reserve. So if you have a medical condition where your body is kind of struggling to deal with that and then you put an infection on top of it, it means you don't have that much reserve to help deal and fight with this infection and fight it off. Um, And as we get older, our immune systems don't kind of weaken over time. So we don't have as strong defenses to help fight off these infections. And so what we are trying to do with all of the social distancing 
is not necessarily coming out of fear, although there is quite a bit of fear that comes with a new virus. But we're doing it because we want to try to protect the people who are at high risk for getting severe disease. We want to help protect our loved ones, our family members, our friends, our neighbors, the people we know who are more prone to getting sick from this. And I think we all know those people. And this is asking everybody to kind of step up and take care of each other so that we can protect each other. So a lot of this comes not out of necessarily fear, but of how are we going to protect our fellow human beings? And is there a way to increase immunity to this virus? I mean, is there anything that we could be doing right now that would be helping us in this moment before we have a vaccine? So we don't have anything that will increase our immunity specifically to this virus. If you do have medical conditions at baseline and you maybe haven't been keeping them in good check as you, as you should, this is the time to try to get those under a little bit more control, maybe pay a little bit more attention. Because if we can get you that little bit of extra reserve where your body can deal with the stress of infection better, that might make the difference between having an illness where you can stay at home or an illness that might cause you to need to land in the hospital. Interesting. This is a very important time to be taking care of your health. I think hopefully um, everyone who's going to be hearing this is going to be focused on that. I know there's a lot going into this right now is in, and the understanding is evolving, but are there scientists who you feel are making breakthroughs, anything that makes you hopeful as a clinician? So I think we have a lot of people working on this internationally and doing good science does take time to make sure it's done right. But we are seeing, come, hopefully coming down the line in the future, more diagnostic tests and more different diagnostic tests that maybe can Tell us not only if the virus is there right now, which is what our current test is able to do, but can tell us if you've had the virus in the past, so if you've already had it and cleared it. And we are seeing a lot more scientists who are starting to do testing for different medications that are already out there that we can know their safety record, their track record for other diseases to say, do they have effect for the virus that causes COVID-19? And I think that's really important because we need to understand how to best use the resources we already have, in addition to trying to develop new things like vaccines to help prevent against this. We'll be back after this break. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. 
In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Now, let me ask you about uh, men versus women, because we're seeing some interesting statistics pop up. Does this uh, virus treat women differently than men? So if you look at different studies that have come out of China, it varies depending what you read from study to study. Overall, I think probably not based on gender alone. There are some differences in China with things like rates of smoking. So if you think about, you know, do you have really good lung function or are your lungs a little bit down from what they could be at baseline, that might make a difference. But overall, I think as a trend, we're seeing men and women getting just as sick from this. Um, Again, most of those people are not very sick, but for the people who are getting more severely sick, we're not necessarily seeing a big difference in gender. So, um, you know, the one place that we do see a difference in gender often is in caregiving. And we know that women often carry the double burden in times like these, taking care of themselves and also taking care of their families and and children and elderly. Uh, Can we talk a little bit about mothers? What advice do you have for moms who are taking care of their kids right now? Um, Are kids an at-risk group? So we know that kids can get infected with this virus, just like everybody else. But fortunately, kids seem to be doing much better with it. So even if they get the infection, we're seeing very few kids getting severely ill, a lot less than an adult. So for some reasons, kids seem a little bit more resilient with this infection. So if your child gets it, the chances are, based on what we know right now, that it's going to be a pretty mild illness. And obviously, on the other side of the spectrum are are the elderly and older relatives. Uh, What are you seeing there? How are women dealing with the caretaking responsibilities, given the fact that we're trying to isolate people so that they don't don't have um, exposure? And this, I think, is a very good question. And if we have caretaking responsibilities, we can't always give those up completely. We don't always have good backup systems for that. And now is the time to start thinking about what would you do if you were to get sick? So if you're healthy and you are giving care to somebody, you can continue to do that. And you should practice, you know, good social distancing both for yourself to minimize the chance you're going to get sick and spread it to other people, but also for the person who you're giving care to. But if you are truly sick, it's time to kind of back down. We don't want to be exposing people who are more vulnerable to this infection, to the disease. And that's something that can be really difficult to do because a lot of us don't have good backup systems. And so I think moving forward, one of the things that's really important is think about your social network. Think about who can you call on if you were to get sick, who would be able to help take care of you know, an elderly family member, or even if you were sick and um, needed to go to the hospital, who could take care of your children while you're gone and reaching out to them and having that discussion of, How are we going to get through this together? What happens if you get sick? What happens if I get sick? That's such an important point in this moment. It feels like community is is taking on this other level um, that we maybe haven't seen as much in the U.S. in recent years. And so 
I feel like everyone's reaching out and, and trying to stay connected closely, which is so important in this moment, as you said, both for, for uh, physical health, but also for mental health reasons. You know, one group of women that we haven't spoken about are, are pregnant women. Is there anything specific that pregnant women should be doing? So the good news is what we're seeing so far in pregnant women is that we're not seeing them get any sicker than the rest of the adults in some some case series. And there are only a small amount of reports in pregnant women out there. So this is limited. In some case series, we saw less severe cases in pregnant women compared to otherwise healthy adults. So if you are pregnant, there's nothing specifically that you have to do differently. You should still be doing good hand hygiene, trying to avoid touching your face, doing that social distancing, and trying to stay away from sick people. Because even if they don't have COVID-19, they could still have something like a flu, which we know can be more severe in pregnant women. But what we are seeing so far in women, even who have COVID-19 in the third trimester of pregnancies, is not a lot of that seems to be passed to the infant. So even if you have COVID-19 and your child is born, we aren't seeing a lot of those babies having COVID-19 at the time that they're born. And a lot of times those children have been doing well. And this only comes from limited numbers um, that have been published so far that we know about. But it's a very reassuring sign. And that's great to hear. That is good news. Um, you know, I just keep thinking about all this uh, precautions that we should be taking. And everyone is so, I hope, being abundantly cautious. I mean, how do you differentiate between sort of run-of-the-mill allergies? And, you know, I think everyone's starting to feel like a little bit of fear setting in that I'm, I'm sick. I have COVID. I can't talk to anybody. And it's putting people in, a, I think, a lot of pressure, social pressure to figure out how do you deal with your family if you have that, like, tiny cough or that slight sniffle. Um, I think I'm finding that a lot of people are trying to figure out, are they, do they have it? And we know the testing is limited. So what do we do in that situation? So if you think of something like allergies, allergies, oftentimes you can sometimes feel like if you're coughing, something running down the back of your throat that you might be triggering you to cough. And you may have things like kind of itchy red eyes that you're noticing a lot with it. If you think that might be a component, try taking an over-the-counter allergy medicine. See if it helps because we don't want you, if you're just having allergies, to be worrying that you have COVID-19 when there's something that you can do over-the-counter to kind of help you, help reassure you if that is the case, that you have allergies and help get those under control for you. But it is very hard when you're having these mild symptoms because we know that most of COVID-19 will be mild. Um, And... What we should be doing, what we should be doing all the time is if we're getting sick, we should be trying to stay away from other people. You know, think of it as the golden rule. If you don't want other people who are sick going around and spreading it, we need to we need to be doing the same thing of staying at home and trying not to spread it ourselves. But it is a really tricky situation. And where you make that judgment line can be really difficult. So I think if you are concerned about it or you think that maybe something's getting worse and you need medical care, but you're not sure, go ahead and call your doctor and say, this is what's going on. Should I be coming in? Do I need to worry about it? Is there something I can do to, for example, see if this is allergies or discuss with your doctor whether your symptoms might be more likely to be allergies versus a cold, a flu, or COVID-19? And is there something in that 14-day waiting period, for example, you have that cough or you have that, you know, some symptom that you feel could be uh, indicative. If you time yourself to 14 days, I've heard people doing that to see if the 14 days pass and nothing more than it was just allergies. But uh, is there something you can do like that? So that 14 days is what we 
think is the longest period of time that if you get exposed to somebody who has COVID-19, if you don't have anything within 14 days, you are not going to get anything from that exposure. But if you do get sick, you will not necessarily be sick for 14 days. So what we are recommending for people who actually have symptoms is that um, wait for 24 to 48 hours after your fever has resolved and after your acute respiratory symptoms. So if you're having a, a lot of cough or a lot of trouble breathing, wait until those are gone before you come out of that isolation. But that you might have just you know two or three days of illness. And if you are fine over the next day or two, you don't necessarily need to continue to self-isolate for 14 days if you're already sick. The 14 days is if you've been exposed to somebody and you're worried about getting the symptoms, that that is the time where we don't know if you have it yet. And because we think it's possible you can spread it even before you have symptoms, that's why we're wanting people to stay at home. And, and one last question, then we'll just ask for some of your general advice, but do you think it's possible to get it a second time? Do we know that yet? We don't know that yet. For a lot of these other viruses that cause respiratory illnesses, our body learns how to fight it off, but it doesn't always remember that for a long time. So a good example of this, I think, is the flu. Of We learn how to fight off the flu, but we can get the flu again in the future. Um, it might not be right away. We might not get it within you know, a month or two with the same flu strain. But 10, 15 years from now, it's certainly possible that that could happen. And so for COVID-19, because it's something we've only known about for a few months, I think it's still too early to say. If we look at some of the other coronaviruses that we see going around every year, so coronaviruses that cause colds, we think that when you get those, you get some immunity to it, but it's probably not lasting a lifetime. You may have months to years where your body remembers how to fight it off. And then if it's not seeing it again to kind of boost that memory up, your body starts forgetting. Well, amazing to hear. It's, I know so many people are going to be so excited to hear uh, this conversation. We'll be back after this break. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash Papertarian. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. You know, you talked a little bit about the golden rule, and I just want to talk to you about that for a minute. I mean, this moment that we're in, which is a struggle for everybody, um, are you seeing acts of kindness uh, or heroic acts that you feel are giving you hope in this moment? Well, I get to work with a lot of really fantastic people who go above and beyond and out of their way to help take care of people in the hospital and to try to help make sure that we're all staying safe. And so every day I get to be surrounded by people who are really going that extra mile to help keep other people safe. And that is one of those things that at the end of the day, even when you are tired and you're like, okay, how am I going to get through another day? When you see those people around you who are being so selfless and helping take care of others, it helps keep you going and helps pick you up. And I think we see that in healthcare quite a bit, but even in small ways outside of this, as you mentioned, people kind of reaching out to their social networks and really looking out for each other because that's how we're going to get through this. So, I mean, what, you know, what gives you hope and what gives you the motivation to keep going? I think knowing that we are doing everything to try to help take care of each other, um, that that is really the reason behind all these difficult decisions that we're doing helps keep you going at the end of the day. And really this is about us taking care of each other and about our humanity and we can't lose that in this process. If we do, the virus wins. But what we can do to fight this is to band together, even if that means staying physically separated. Well, Dr. Vanessa Raba, I have to thank you. For all of us, I know what you're doing at NYU is literally saving lives, and uh, your commitment to this is unbelievable. If there's anything we at Seneca Women can do, um, of course, let us know. Our hope is to get out this information to everybody. And, and we sincerely thank you for taking the time from a very busy schedule. Thank you very much for having me. You're listening to Seneca Women, conversations on power and purpose. Brought to you by the Seneca Women Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. With support from founding partner P&G. Listen to Seneca Women Conversations on Power and Purpose on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please support this podcast by telling your friends, subscribing, and rating us. For more information on Seneca Women, follow us on social media, visit our website, SenecaWomen.com, and check out the Seneca Women app, free in the App Store. Have a great day.